Hi there, gang, and welcome to episode seven of the SDR Disco Call podcast. I'm your host, Neil Buyan. Today's guest is Jolene Klauwert, a 27-year-old Belgian SDR. Topics we discussed is how to make career decisions, how to best learn and speak with different departments in the team, the importance of mental health and well-being, and also how to keep motivated and reverse engineer your number to hit your target consistently. So how does the SDR Disco Call podcast work? Well, it's actually a discovery call, hence the name. And every Tuesday at 8 a.m., we're going to have a brand new SDR for 30 minutes and an agenda of introductions, their SDR story, and three key takeaways that they've learned to share with other SDRs. So with that in mind, let's begin. So guys, want to introduce a really great SDR that I've known for a little while now. This is Jolene. Jolene is a former student of mine. We used to work at a company called Spot, and we're currently working together on another project at a company called Integrity. Um, And rather me blabbing on about who Jolene is, I'd love to hand over the microphone. Jolene, welcome to the SDR Disco Call podcast. How are you doing today? Doing really well. Thank you, Neil. Happy to be here. Thank you very much for joining. So Jolene, for the listeners out there that can't see you, could you please give us a brief introduction of who are you currently, what are you doing, and a little bit more about yourself? Yeah. Okay, so I'm Jolene. I'm 27 years old. Uh, currently, I live in a beautiful town called Aalst, but probably not a lot of people will know that. It's in Belgium, close to Brussels. Um, today I'm working at Integrity, um, only working there for a month, so it's really cool to talk about this now. Um, Integrity is Europe's largest ethical hacking platform, so we're a bug bounty platform, but we do it in a managed service way. Um, and a bit more about Jolene, I love to discover new things, like I'm always on the hunt for new things that can be traveling, but for me it's also um, discovering a new sport or going to a new place in town, uh, making new friends. Um, and I'm really passionate about my family and friends. And occasionally I play theater as well. What now with all the COVID <laughs> thing that's not going on, but uh, that's what I love to do in my free time as well. Thank you so much. So Jolene, 27 from Belgium, working in cybersecurity. You're an explorer. And I know from LinkedIn that you're somebody who's quite creative as well. And I know that when you were a student, the amount of ideas that used to come out of your mouth and your mind, I used to be blown away by. So I'm really happy to have you on the show today. Thank you for joining. Um, So for again, for the listeners out there, it's always about the SDR story. So Mm -hmm. you're somebody, when I looked at your LinkedIn, you'd have a previous sales experience working at not a SaaS company, and then you joined into SaaS and began your journey. I'd love to hear kind of just before you kind of went into sales and then into work, kind of what were you studying or what were you doing with your life before you started sales? Yeah, Uh, really great question. I went uh, to law school, so something totally different. Always wanted to be a lawyer uh, when I was a a little kid. Uh, Always loved talking and defending myself. Uh, So that was my whole image of of going to law school. It was great. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Um, like it was, of course, a lot of information that you get in law school. So you really learn to uh, progress it and to structure it more. Um, and then you learn to write it in a really um, compact way. So that, that really helps me still today. 
Um, and then after law school, I wanted to discover new places, of course. So I went traveling for a year. I went to Australia. Um, and then I came back. And of course, you have a lot of you had a lot of time thinking about what I want to do with my life. Um, and sales always appeal to me. Like um, I have a lot of people in my family that are really good salespersons. My dad is really passionate about sales. I always worked in hospitality as a, like an extra job. And it's, of course, not the same, but it's also talking to people and convincing them in another way. Um, so then I, I, I really started to think, yes, sales is something I can see myself doing. And I, I want to get out of my bed for in the morning. Um, Love it. So that, that was an area I wanted to explore. Of course, I didn't have previous experience. Um, and then I started working at Lyrico. Uh, Lyrico is basically everything for your office. Um, so going from computers to desks to paper um so everything you need in your office um and yeah that was my first sales experience i was like responsible for an area uh, so the area where i live in um and it was really um going from door to door um going from company to company um so totally different than than what SaaS is all about and really sales in the traditional way but it was such a good um, learning school for me because, yeah, you get hard nose, of course, um, and you just have to do it. Um, and you're responsible from A till Z because I really had to um, to make a pricing and everything. So it was a really great um, experience for me, actually. Love uh, it. And I wanted to talk already about how I came into the SaaS world, but maybe that was the next question. We'll come on to that definitely <laughs> shortly. I'm really interested to know. But there was a key piece that I heard there where we've had a lot of guests come on to say they've gone through like uh, going for a degree or something within higher education. And then they take this break in life to go traveling. And it's synonymous with a lot of our guests. And there's that moment where you said that you're kind of thinking about what you want to do with your life, kind of what do you want the next thing to be. Just for the listeners out there, what was going through your mind of like, what do you want to do? How did you kind of come up with the thoughts and decisions as, okay, this is a path that I want to go to? What were the, you know, the factors that you were considering? Mm -hmm. Well, I think um, by traveling, you connect with so many like-minded people um, and you learn so many different things. And I loved it. And that's kind of the same for me in sales because you have a lot of different prospects that, that you look for. Um, so like not being every day the same and having different prospects, that was going through my head, okay, that's that's maybe a bit like traveling, you know, like not of course physically, but like uh, traveling into the tech world, for example, and getting to know everything and getting better at it. And also, um, I really have international ambitions. I don't want to say only in Belgium or only talk to people in Belgium. But of course, if you go into law, it's more um, in your own country because, of course, every country has its own laws. And and sales is not sales is not limited at all. Um, sales is wherever and whatever you want it to be of course, with <laughs> with the right uh, tools and, and the right company. Mm. 
I agree. I think that's one of the reasons why I got into sales, like because I wanted to travel, I wanted to meet new people, I wanted to explore other places. And I saw sales as my passport to, to going mm-hmm. on that journey. And I think I'm really happy that I did it. And again, I got to travel to countries like Belgium. I got to meet yourself. I've met other companies as well. And it's really cool. And I think when I came out of the UK and going into Belgium and into other countries in Europe, I realized there are so many different nuances as to how they do business, how they do sales. So to your point, like with law, it's specific, but with sales, it can be translated into so many different cultures, I think, which is really cool. Another interesting point that you mentioned was, okay, within your family, you've got other people that are within the profession. What type of questions were you asking them when you're trying to come up with this decision of, okay, I want to go into sales, but what does it take? Yeah. Um, Well, first of all, I asked my dad, of course, because he's closest to me and He's a real hunter. Like I asked, okay, but but how how do you start? Like where do you start? How do you convince people? Because it can be so hard. And and he's always passionate about. Uh, you just have to do it. Like you don't have to be afraid, and just do it. And then with other people in my family that were um, like the younger people that were really doing it day to day, I really wondered what does your day look like? Because I didn't really have an idea. And of course, that is important as well. And then I've always been really interested in in the target system. Like I know myself, I can get really lazy if I don't have a a clear goal. Um, So that always fascinated me. But I, of course, didn't know like, okay, what is a target and and do you get it at the end of the month or what do you do if you don't? Do you get fired like <laughs> uh, straight away? So that that were the kind of questions I basically asked and, and seeing them all speak about it so passionately um, and just realizing that you have a lot of options in sales. Like I could see that, that they were all really ambitious and they got really big chances in the companies they worked in to, to grow. And that's also super important for me. I love it. And again, uh, a a thing that is going to be for all of us as SDRs is obviously targets and having aspirations and goals to go for. And you mentioned a really important piece here where if you don't have that goal, you know, you're not going to be motivated and you can become lazy, as you said. Mm -hmm. How do you get yourself out of that lazy period like with these goals? How do you set these goals for yourself, Jolene? Yeah, of course, the company sets goals. Um, So first of all, that one, but then you have to create your own goals next to it because, of course, you can still think that's my target, but it's not going to be there just one day. You have to work for it. So so I like to use a technique of like um, reverse engineering and, and to think like, okay, what do I have to do to reach that goal? Um, and I know myself, I, I also have to make sure that if I get like a really good SQO, for example, one day that I don't think, okay, so now I can chill. No, that, that should be a motivator to just keep going. Um, and yeah, just my curiosity, um, is, is the, the biggest thing to go for. I, I think seeing new companies and, always want want to know more about the companies and want to know if it could be a good fit. Sorry, for the listeners out there, 
Um, reverse engineering, it was a concept that I was new to. It's something we discussed together, like when we was going through trainings, etc. But if there was a brand new SDR who's walking through the door, how would you simply put what reverse engineering is and why it helps you? Yeah, so so like I said, you have the target that the company gives you. Um, and then you really have to think, okay, how many people do I have to talk to um, to get to that target? And then you have to divide it by weeks and days, ideally. Um, for me, I divide it in days, but but weeks helps me more because you can have a bad day and then you can do the next day better. Um, so you just break up your targets um, in like, for example, if I would have a target of eight SQOs, um, then I would divide it by four because you have four weeks, of course. And then uh, that would be two SQOs every week. And what do you have to do to get there? Um, so I really believe in like LinkedIn touches, emails, calls, but also like social selling. Um, something I would pay attention to that that you put a post live every week or you, you try it that way as well. But of course, it takes a while to have it figured out for yourself completely, I think, because it's also yeah. different for everyone. I love it. And I think the key things there that you're mentioning is obviously knowing what your number is, how you're going to get to there, your daily activities that you have to do if it's LinkedIn, email or call. Um, and yeah, you you rightfully said sometimes we have good days, sometimes we have bad days. But I think the key thing there is just keeping consistent and just to keep going. Um, and as you said, it takes a while to get into your rhythm, right? You know, to figure out what works and what doesn't work for you. Um, and another key piece that you said there was social selling. So I think when I first came into as an SDR, someone said, Neil, you need to be like a social seller, man. You need to get LinkedIn locked down. Like, make sure you, 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 not, you understand that. And to be honest, I didn't understand what the hell they meant. I just thought social selling was, you know, connecting with somebody on LinkedIn, just posting a company update. But I did notice from Spot you were highly engaged um, with your social selling. How would you explain social selling to a newbie who doesn't really understand the term? Well, for me, social selling is indeed posting information out there, not not only selling, um, but really like talking about the area you're in. Like now it's cybersecurity for me, before it was more marketing, um, just posting regular updates that can give people, like they can think like, ah, yeah, that's actually really interesting. And then in that way, they can actually come to you and, and start talking to you. So you actually sell to them without they actually notice um, and they don't think, oh no, another message, but they are informed and they have the feeling they're in control. Um, so I really believe that social selling is uh, important. And again, as mentioned, I saw you doing a hell of a lot of it on LinkedIn over the last year. So I'm really happy to see that. So moving on to kind of like transitioning into SaaS. So you was working at Lyrico stationary provider you're doing like door-to-door -door sales you're managing accounts for your local region you then uh, faced with a new company called spot um, who is a former client of ours um, what was that like when you was introduced to SaaS and you know like working in a, uh, a different world from Lyrico yeah well so working at Lyrico made me actually realize that the future is digital um, because you could of course see that people don't need that much paper anymore, for example. Uh, and I was always fascinated about marketing 
um, and the digital world. So I, I started to read a lot about it. I did an extra course. Um, and then I was looking more for Martech in the beginning, uh, like Spodes as well. But as, of course, it wasn't always easy because you don't have the experience yet. Um, and then I came in contact with a with a recruiter um, that actually introduced me to SAS and to Spot. It was also good because she helped me uh, in first getting to know SAS, read read some articles. Um, I was convinced that I wanted to go in the tech world and the digital world. But uh, to be honest, I, I wasn't familiar at all with all the terms and, and the things in the SaaS world. So it was a really new world. But I also loved that I that this world was growing so fast and, and to be part of it, that, that would be really great. So that's how I got to know Spots. Love it. So to kind of summarize, like you realize the world is going from print-based, paper-based, going to things digital. Um, you loved MarTech. So for those that don't know what MarTech is, marketing technology, and that's what Spot provided. Um, you were helped by a recruiter to the introduction of SaaS, like software as a service. And obviously it was brand new to you. You had to do a lot of reading. She helped with that as well. So imagine if I'm a brand new SDR and you had to introduce SaaS, what things would you recommend that person reading if they're thinking about going into SaaS themselves? Um, so yeah, first of all, I Google a lot um, because that's, that's how you learn. Um, and then I watched a lot of videos of like winning by design, uh, for example, that helped me a lot. Um, then I also read about the companies themselves. Um, you have a lot of good books. Um, yeah, just by doing, I think I learned most and, and the concrete articles they, they sent me through. Love it. So a lot of due diligence, a lot of reading, a lot of research. And I think we can both agree that's an integral part of being a good SDR, like knowing your research, right? And yeah, you're right. Google is the biggest library of free information. I think the hardest thing for me to understand when I was an SDR was all the acronyms that mm -hmm. we had in SAS, yeah. like API, CRM, yeah. you know, um, even what does SAS or SAS can be done into so many different ways like PASS. So platform as a service, software as a service, identity as a service. There's so many different things. And I think a really good tip that I'd love to share with the listeners is every time you hear a word that you don't understand, write it down. And at the end of that session, ask that person, what does it stand mm -hmm. for? Or to your point, Yolene, just go Google it Yeah, as well. So we've kind of joined Spot. Uh, we've joined this MarTech SaaS solution. What was your first couple of weeks like? What were you up to? What were you learning? How were you getting onboarded, Jolene? Yeah, like you just said, uh, first of all, I, I shadowed a lot of meetings and calls. And then all the acronyms were uh, still Chinese to me. So uh, for me, it was really important to ask questions. Don't be Don't be afraid to ask questions. It can be... Like scary in the beginning because you feel like you don't understand everything. But I just asked questions all the time. Uh, for me, it was also important the first weeks to have a meeting with every single person in the company. So you really know what different roles there are, departments, um, what is their view on the company. That learns you a lot, I think. Um, and then playing a lot of role plays with, with um, my AE back then. Um, and then slowly getting into calling, emailing, LinkedIn. And of course, the first time calling is 
uh, terrifying. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I can still imagine it. But yeah, once you're over it, you're over it. So, yeah, um, yeah you, just, you just have to do it. There's no, there's no easy way, I think, to be completely prepared. For yeah. Of course, you have to prepare everything. But um, yeah, by doing it and by having training, actually, um, if I know myself, I know that structure is a thing that I have to work on, definitely. Um, um, so yeah, I, I also had trainings while I was at spot focusing more on structure and that gives you more confidence um, to start your outreach. Also how sequences work and everything. That's something I didn't know before. Mm, definitely. And uh, like you said, it's scary to get on the phone. Uh, it can be nerve wracking. But like your, your father said, just do it, just go for it. And I think that's the best way to learn, you know, throwing yourself in at the deep end at sometimes, but also having those structures, kind of frameworks to kind of put some meat onto the bones to yeah. make you feel a bit more confident, I wholeheartedly agree. And you mentioned another piece where you're meeting all the different stakeholders in your company, kind of what's their role, what does their department does. Like for a brand new SDR, how useful is that information? How does that build your picture of how the company works in your head when you meet with these people? Yes, yeah, super useful. Like also in SaaS, um, you have specific roles like SDRs and AEs, but also customer success. Um, yeah, marketing, of course, uh, but it all, it all works in a really specific way. And getting to know how everything works and connects with each other. Also for an SDR, of course, you have to source the leads. So uh, for me, it was super interesting to ask every person in the company, okay, what is a good lead for you? What company would you like to have as a client? And, and how would you approach them? How would you pitch um, the company? Um, so yeah, that, that was super useful, definitely. Love it. And um, obviously speaking to all these departments, understanding what's a good lead for them, why is it asking question after question, I think is the best way to learn. And I remember our time at Spot, it was more of a smaller company. Mm -hmm. So you were more in touch with your CEO, your mm -hmm. like, you know, the rest of the sales team, meeting with Rob, who's a good friend of ours as well. Yeah. Um, compared to like working somewhere like at Lyrico, where you may not have time with the CEO or the senior management, how useful was it for you to be able to sitting on the same room or table as the founders at that company? Yeah, it makes your learning curve go go up. Like, yeah, it's it's incredible. Like, uh, like Lyrical is is a really big company, so you're basically a number to say so. I don't want to say it in a negative way, but of course, a lot of people are working there. So let's say that you have a great idea one day. It's not that I, it would get easily to the CEO. Of course, it can be possible, but it will take a while, and there will be a lot of. Um, things you have to do before it can reach someone important in the company. Um, and of course, working so closely to the CEO and everyone in a company just makes you understand the whole company going from like the financial parts, how, how you have to reach your targets, why targets are important to the marketing part, to like what clients churned or uh, yeah, it's it's really good to give you an overall view and also for your personal learnings. Um, also learns you more like what what do I want to do and where do I see myself in like let's say five or ten years. Yeah, and I think um, 
That's a really interesting piece. I know during one of our lessons that we had, I said when I was a young SDR, I wanted to be the CEO of my own company and I didn't know how the hell I was going to get there, but I knew it was going to happen somehow. Um, and I said, there's not one straight path. I thought initially I would be SDR, go into AE, become a VP of sales, become a CRO, then become a CEO. And I thought that was the only path. But as you mentioned, like speaking to these different departments, kind of where do I want to do in five to 10 years? So what would you say to other SDRs that come in just saying, well, I don't really know what I want to do, but sales is a starting point. What opportunities do you think they could progress through into an, in a SaaS company when they join? Yeah, well, I think first of all, SDR is a perfect way to come into a company because, um, yeah, you learn so much. You're you're the first person that companies will talk to. So you learn a lot about other companies as well. And there's different ways to go. You can feel that you're really good at writing and, and more the marketing way. Or you can feel okay uh, talking to customers all the time and staying in contact and making them happy. Um, I can be more like customer success later or, of course, become an AE if you... Uh, that, that's the most logical part, I would say, but not per se the, the thing you have to do. Like, I, I know when I started, I also thought, okay, I want to be an AE and maybe I still want to be an AE, but I, I will, first of all, want to become a really good SDR um, and then I will see what, what my next role will be. I think that's the best path and mindset to take. Um, there's always that goal, the aspiration of what you want to be, but be open to new yeah. avenues, new routes. And I highly recommend if any SDRs are listening, sit in with those other teams just to see how they work. As Jolene, you've said, you might fancy writing for marketing. You may actually like working with customers more directly after the sale in customer success. So you had a lot of good experiences and learning from Spot, and I can see they're doing a lot of great things as well. Uh, and you then moved into your second SaaS startup, which is Integrity. How, how did that come about, Yolene? Um, so, of course, COVID changed a lot of things. Um, and Spot changed more to like an inbound company. Um, also, pricing changed. Um, so I had the feeling that that I could learn something more in another company. And I also had the feeling that I wanted to learn from senior people in sales um, and it was just, I was ready for another opportunity. Uh, so I left with all the best feelings and then they have great new technical people on board and, and going more and more into an inbound company. Um, and then, yeah, I came across Integrity and, and the, the product and the company is really fascinating. Um, it's really something else with the whole community of ethical hackers we have. It's such an exciting product. Project, uh, product and also um, what COVID makes you realize is that you really have to look at something future-proof um, and I really do believe that cybersecurity, well, I do believe it's just a fact that cybersecurity is so important. Um, even yeah, the other world is only going to become more digital. We all order online. Um, so it's also important to be aware of like the the cybersecurity is super important. Cool. And for you, you've kind of gone from marketing tech into cybersecurity. And I know cybersecurity, like when I first jumped in, it was a completely new world. You're mm -hmm. now speaking to the CTO, the CISO. You're talking to developers, DevOps. This is a new, complete world. I'm not a coder, yeah. you know. I don't, yeah. I don't know this stuff. So how did you transition the learning from MarTech into a cybersecurity world? What was that learning curve like for you? Yeah, it is different. Uh, marketing people are 
you can imagine more what marketing is like. Of course, you don't know everything, but indeed, like security is a whole different world. Um, but you learn something in every company. So I took my learnings from Spot uh, more in the way like I know how the structure is like and how the sales process is working and what what are good questions to ask. And that's that's actually in every company or, or in every vertical, you just have to be open with the questions that you ask. But then again, I'm still learning at integrity. And um, I said it before, but be curious. Like I actually typed in into YouTube uh, cybersecurity once. Um, and I, I also asked like the, the technical people at integrity, like, what what videos can I watch? What documents can I can I read? But it's also important to know that you don't have to be a specialist into cybersecurity to be a good SDR. Not at all. You have to know know what your product is and and really believe in it. Um, but you don't have to know everything. Definitely not. So you don't have to stress about it. That's some solid advice. So you don't need to know everything as soon as you walk through the door, but just have a, at least a good understanding of it and then yeah. ask those people that do it and ask them questions and that, you know, gets your knowledge higher and higher as well. Um, and obviously you mentioned a piece of COVID. It made you think about, okay, you need to have things in careers which are future-proof. Like without being too personal, can you tell me about a time that you've overcome a challenge? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, I think COVID was a real challenge. Um, like I was temporarily unemployed and I'm someone like um, I think a lot of salespeople that is, are, I'm really extrovert. So I love to be outside and to go out and to talk and to discover new things and go for dinners and plan my agenda. Like my weekends are always full. And all of a sudden that wasn't there anymore nothing was there anymore and 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 you're unemployed and you don't know okay what is the company gonna do other other strategies come up which is nice like it it sparks creativity as well that's that's what i saw at spot as well they took another another path and they're doing really great um but yeah for myself i really panicked in the beginning um and I think it's really important that you give yourself time to adjust to a new situation and don't think that straight away you have to have everything covered and you have to know how the future will look like. Uh, so I gave myself a, a good week to to think about it and and, and to process everything. Um, and of course, it, it takes time after. But then see the positive things in, in a negative situation. Um, and start to focus on on what makes you happy in that situation and start to think about things in the future. And then it actually made me again really positive because I could see new opportuni- opportunities and it was like, like where I'm now, it was actually a new opportunity and I feel really good today. Um, I also learned to not plan everything ahead and, and to take <laughs> some more rest. Uh, when you need it so like the FOMO the fear of missing out um, is a bit more gone it's still there of course I I love to be involved into everything Um, but yeah take take some time for yourself um, and and be yeah just be good to yourself give yourself also the time to process things and be sad once in a while but then 
come up with a plan and if you stay calm everything will will work out love it and i think that's some solid advice in terms of your own mental well-being we can always go through troubles and challenges and I love your positive mindset. That's the one thing that always stood out to me, Yolene, when we worked together, is you was always bright and energetic. But you're right. There are some days where you're going to be down, you're going to be mm-hmm. sad, but it's okay to be yeah. like that. You know, it's just natural as part of being human. But I think really giving yourself time to breathe, reflect, try not to panic. It's <laughs> easier said than done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but know that, you know, everything happens for a reason. Um, and when you can bring a sense of clarity to your mind and relax yourself, then good things will come about and new opportunities will come. And it's always trying to find the positive in every challenge or situation that you have. Um, and I've always had this mantra of a positive mentality creates positive results in reality. And I'm a yeah. firm believer in that. Um, and again, I think like the journey that you're embarking on now into your second startup, I'm really excited to see kind of where that's going to go. Um, and I'm really happy that we're, we're still kind of working together as well. So thank you for like giving this opportunity to share your story with the guys that are listening in. So obviously the way that we'd love to end this is if you could give three nuggets of information that you'd love to give to a younger version of yourself or somebody who's just about to embark on this journey, what are those three bits of advice that you'd like to give Jolene? Well, the first thing I learned actually in my first job, and I, I, it also, I use it in my personal life, but it's so important in sales is that every no brings you closer to a yes. Like I have to remind myself a lot so when you, when I think, oh no, another no from a prospect, I really thought that this one was gonna be a yes straight away. Um, but then thinking about the figures behind it, behind it, and let's say like for every 10 no's you get a yes, that would be good already, I think. But um, Or every 20 no's you, you will have a yes, then you know, okay, I'm on track and, and it's fine. Of course, there will be no's. Not everyone will say yes. Um, so that's something that once I got that figured out, I was so much more confident into picking up the phone or, or going to a company because it's fine if they say no and you don't have to give up because they say no. Of course, if if they really say no a few times, it's also <laughs> good to let it go. Yeah. Um, and then another thing that I learned also by trainings is like embrace the silence. Um, it's a classic one for sales, um, but I really try to not talk about um the product too too much but let them talk um i know it's really a classic thing of advice but but yeah a silence can be called definitely um and then another thing um i learned is that look at your competitors in a good way like don't don't think oh no they're doing something bad or but look how they do it and and stay uh, keep learning. Don't think that you have it figured out. Um, because I, I feel if I have a bad moment or like my target is not uh, going so well, that I listen to something about sales, I read something, and then you have new energy again. Uh, and talk to your colleagues a lot. Stay talking about what, what they do um, and just share share the funny things or the funny notes that you have. And it will give you new energy. 
So through some guests, they have like social accounts such as Twitter or Instagram, or perhaps they want to connect through LinkedIn. If somebody wanted to reach out to you, Yolene, to ask you a question, what's the best way to reach out to you? I think LinkedIn would be the best way. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn all day, every day. Uh, <laughs> so Yolene Klawart on LinkedIn. Perfect. And I'll make sure to put um, links in the show notes so people can find you and connect with you. But um, some people may have noticed I've jumped from Yolene to Jolene. I'm wondering, <laughs> Neil, did, what's going on there? So Yolene, if I understand, is the correct Dutch way of pronouncing your name that your parents had given you, but you also like Jolene, which is the English equivalent. So guys, if you're wondering... And the song. I love the song. I love the song love as song. well. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, guys. There's some inspiration when you want to connect with Jolene or Yolene. Uh, she really likes that song, so I'd say make it a bit creative <laughs> for her as well. <laughs> but um, Yolene or slash Jolene, thank you so much for being a guest on the SDR Disco Call podcast. We'd love to have you back as a future guest, but I wish you all the best luck at Integrity and your future career. And most importantly, happy selling. Thank you for having me. It was really nice. Thank you for listening to the SDR Disco Call podcast today. We would like to get this message out to more and more sales development reps, so please like, comment, and share in your local podcast provider. If you don't want to miss a show, you can always send a blank email to SDR Disco Call, one word, at bcast, which is B-C-A-S-T dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests, so if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR, BDR, MDR, or ADR, and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happyselling.io, and we'd love to have you on board.